You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. It is the final Monday of February. Hope you had a great weekend. How the heck are you? We are Miller and Moulton. This is still the Florida Sports Network, Florida Sports Network. Thanks so much for being with us. Top of the morning to you, Mark. How was your weekend? My weekend was tremendous, David. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Hold on a second. Tremendous? Tremendous. Great weekend. Oh, wow. That's a, you know, a lot of times, you know, have a tendency, a little hyperbole. I don't know about you. I call people on that. You know me. Okay. I'm an R&D guy. You know, with bank tellers, fast food places, Publix, you know, how you doing? Good. And I go, are you really? No, 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 no. Don't give me the cliche answer. No, no, no. no. Are you really? Good. You're good? And they go, well, yeah, I'm good. I go, now that I like to hear. All right. And then you get some people who go, well, I, I was just saying that. I go, okay, now we're getting to the truth. Okay. Pretty mediocre, right? Tremendous, David. A tremendous awesome. weekend. Well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I mean, it's what, it just one soccer softball tournament after another? Or? Well, we had a soccer tournament on Sunday. That was probably the low light of the weekend because the girls <laughs> lost to spit. Tough battle. But I played in a golf tournament on Saturday and Sunday, and we finished oh. in second place. Played with a guy on Saturday, guy by the name of Joe Traxley, 73 years, 72 years old. He shot 73. Um <laughs> It is so, and he's such a good player, and it was so fun to watch someone who is that good at, and still at that age hits it really long, and beautiful swing, great tempo, good guy. We talked a lot. Well, he's a Kentucky heck. guy. We talked a lot of Kentucky basketball. Well, and that was before they went out and looked like Kentucky, right? And he was even in a better mood Sunday when I saw him uh, after they scored a hundred odd points or whatever the hell it was. Goes out and shoots seventy three, and is. Team scores over 100 points, gets a big road win. He must have been, you know, listen, from the sounds of it, Mark, he probably could have finished top 10 in the PJ Tour event this week. Oh, man. Oh, what a field. What good a field. Thing, good thing the winner gets an invite to the Masters and all those world golf ranking points. My goodness. Ah. <laughs> uh. Tell you what, man, if it ain't an elevated event, these fields suck. Suck. <laughs> Bushwood sucks. Sucks? <laughs> yes. They're terrible. You don't I even know. recognize anybody in these fields. No, uh, it's not good. I know Finau was there, the defending champ and all, but he, he yeah. Whew. Anyway, we'll get to that at some point. But How was your Miller, weekend? Um, You know what? I've been working a lot. And I think I'm just about done with all the the play by play and the and the stuff. I, I think there's a chance I'll have to travel one more time and do uh, a game or two on the road for the Jacksonville men's basketball team. Uh, but otherwise, I think I'm done. So I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost able to settle in for a good five, six-month run of only working like one or two jobs. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it. I don't know if my wife is, 
you know, that means she's going to have to spend time with me or at least, you know, have a conversation or two with me. But uh, I'm I'm just about there. Well, just you figure there. between the madness, the masters, you know, you can avoid conversations for a while. There's a lot going on. David. Hell, there's for no you, doubt. there's spring training. I mean. Right. And the draft. So I can push this off till probably the first week of May. All right. But, you know, May, June, July, a good chunk of August, we have to. Well, we have to be a married couple and, you know, it, we'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, we still love each other. We still like each other. It's just, you know. You have a routine, David. Let's just put it that way. And the routine well, is you're gone all the time. Well, I was going to say that's the routine. The routine is I'm working. Right. And she's like, and I have a whole life without you. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. Oh, good thing I'm not around. Well, maybe you can have a tremendous weekend one of these weekends and that'll set things off. We, we may go out and get like uh, wings or something crazy way off the beaten path order something that you don't have to use a number to order david (laughs) well you know me mark okay uh is it okay if i pay a couple dollars extra and get all drums thanks oh wow this is a big night this is a big saturday night no question about it so um we have to call young trent to task but before we get into everything that went on over the weekend and look forward and all that so uh, and Trent, feel free to chime in because this is going to be a little Q&A that Miller and Moulton are going to do with you. By the way, how are you? How was your weekend? Very solid. Very solid weekend. Fun little okay. trip to Nashville, up and back. Here we are. Ready to oh roll. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's right. Yeah, his brother, the musician, had released his third single over the weekend. Wow. Right. So they had a, they had a release party for the song, which is very cool. Went to an album release party in my much younger days. When I lived in Atlanta, and it was a, it was a great event when rock and roll was still a thing. Now you know your brother's a country artist, <laughs> yes. where they, so that is an incredibly incredibly cool thing. It was a lot of fun. Well, boy, a country artist in Nashville—you don't find many of them. <laughs> That's like uh, you know what are you? I, I'm a I'm a Broadway actor in New York. Uh, okay, so where are you waiting tables? Uh, down the street and to the left. Got it. So good for him. That's impressive. You. Mark, you know the two of us. I mean, I think for as much as we love sports, I think the greatest thing in the world has got to be standing on the stage and belting it out. Okay, And when the crowd, when you're big enough or your song is big enough where they're singing your song back to you, I truly think that that's the greatest thing in the world. I, I honestly don't think there's anything better than that. I, you get no argument from me. Uh, you talk to me about family and all that. Okay, whatever. Uh, you 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 release a song and 18,000 people pay to see you and they sing your song back to you. Yeah, all right. I'm done. There's nothing else for me to do here. I'm good. Hope we can pay the bills off of this, uh, off of this night because I don't know if I need to do any more of this. Oh, wait a minute. You mean if I go to another city and I sing, they'll sing that song to me too? Are you serious? Wow. All right. I'll keep touring then. David, it sounds like you missed your calling here. Listen, I, you should have is, been the front man. I'm a, not a singer. Was never a singer. And in fact, you know, I because I was an actor when I was young. I was in all the plays. I, honestly, grade school, junior high, high school, I was in the plays. Loved performing. But when there were, you know, musicals, I wasn't a good enough singer usually to get the leads. I was a good enough actor. I usually wasn't a good enough singer. 
So, you know, it wasn't the singing in me that I, but I just think it's cool. I, I for maybe it's the combination of sports and, you know, my love of Broadway and what have you. I just think, man, to be a country or rock star and to be on stage and they start singing it back to you. I, I have always just thought, I don't know how it gets better than this. Honestly, I, I'm right there with you, David. I am right there with you. But back to the Q&A with Trent. Okay, so we have a system, Trent, do we not? Yes or no? Do yes. we have a system? We have a we have a darn good system at that. Okay, what is the quote darn good unquote system? The system is when a ranked team is on the road against an unranked opponent. Correct. Who we, do you take? We take the underdog home team. Correct. So we had two such games yesterday, did we not? Yep, we did. Okay, we had Creighton, who not only is a system play because they were 15th in the country and they were favored on the road at St. John's, but the double system play, Trent, what's the other system that we've been playing this year? After a big win. No, not a big win. After the biggest win of the season. Thank you. What do we do? We pick against that team. Thank you. Right. UConn trashes Marquette. They go to Creighton. Okay, what do we do? We bet Creighton hard. Creighton wins. Creighton goes to St. John's. Biggest win of the year. Ranked team on the road favored. Who do we play, Trent? St. John's. Who did you play? I played Creighton. Okay, the defense rests, Your Honor. (laughs) I'm not happy about it. Listen, if you were with us on Friday, we went through, like, the whole weekend. A lot of plays, okay? Ivy League, Texas Southern Mississippi Valley State, because they were 0-26. Were we going to bet them to win, or were we going to keep betting against them? We said, they're terrible, we're betting against them. Okay, they lost by 21. Okay, you name it. We went through it. Mark, how'd we do? 10 and 4 on Saturday, 2 and 0 on Sunday. Are you serious? Man, we're on a roll. All yeah. those people saying you got ah, Miller Mountain go the other way. Yeah, you'd be go the other homeless. way. Go the other way. Do whatever, go the other do whatever way. you want. We are crushing it. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to finish third to last in our brackets. I mean, that's just how it works. That's the tournament. I mean, it's it's they call it madness for a reason. Doesn't matter how good your year's been. Once you have to fill out those things, I mean, the you know the boss's secretary is going to win the pool, you know, or her, or her kid. Yeah, I mean, that's how it works. But ah, yep, there you go. Twelve and four weekend. Thank you very much. Are you, come on, we can't do it. We can't make you any more money. I really don't think we can, except for Trent. Well, okay. it's tough to get the young kids to listen sometimes. David, as you know, we're both parents. We know yep. that sometimes they're they're headstrong. They want to do their own thing, and they have to learn lessons the hard way. You, you know why? You know why? Because he started off the weekend with a play of his own that won big. He was all over the heat Friday night, all over the heat. On the road in New Orleans against the Pelicans, they were getting points, and Trent was like, getting points? I'm betting the heat and the points. I'm betting the heat on the money line. 
All right, bada-bing, bada-boom, and sure enough, not only did they win, hell, there was even a fight. And a couple of suspensions to boot off of the fight. Right. You want to talk about setting the tone for the weekend? That was a good tone setter. So, unfortunately, you know what that meant? A young whippersnapper doesn't have to abide by the system. Not going to listen to Miller and Moulton. Why would I do that? Okay. Patino comes out in an all-white suit. At that right. point, you should have cast your back. I, I, that was when I was at the airport, so I didn't see it. Other, I told you guys I wouldn't have done it if I saw Patino's suit. No chance. And, and we didn't even figure that into the system. But by that, I mean, honestly, I wanted to take out more money and bet it on St. John. He looked great. <laughs> He's as old as the guy Mark played golf with who shot 73 also. I'm going to beat you, and then I'm going to steal your wife. That's what Rick said. Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Thanks so much for being with us. Mike Arruzzioni will try it again. That AT&T outage, it got us. It got us good on Thursday. Had it all, you know, the anniversary. He scored the game-winning goal. We beat the Russians. We had it lined up. He's sitting by his phone. Phone's not working. So then he had the travel Friday at a speaking engagement in California. He's back. Mike Arruzzioni. We'll look back. We'll put a smile on everybody's face at 8 o'clock. And then we're starting to get serious. We're 20 days away from Selection Sunday. It's time to go to work. Okay? Time to go to work. Shelby Mast, bracket wags. Who's in? Who's out? What are we talking, Shelby? A couple hours from now, we're getting serious for the first time. But um, speaking of college hoops, so we had another court storming that uh, didn't go well. And uh, just curious your thoughts. Should we do away with them, yes or no? I how, Just tell me how. Because it's well, one thing to say we're, we're done with court storming. It's another thing to tell a bunch of 18-year-olds to not storm the court. Unless you're going to well, threaten to arrest them for storming the court. Well, The first thing, though, you have to do is you have to say this is no longer allowed. I mean, honestly, I'm not being a jerk. No, no, no. The but first thing you have to do is let everybody know you're not allowed on the court for any reason whatsoever. Which now, the SEC has done. Well, uh, but they fine you for a court storming. Well, they find the schools, and then it's up to, you know, then the schools the schools want to have the court storming. So they go, yeah, okay. And then they laugh, and they go, well, the funny thing is we'll just pay the SEC back with all the money we're making by being in the SEC. So first things first, yes or no? Ideally, I think most of us, most of us, ideally – We'd keep it. It's cool. It's what makes college basketball different than the NBA. Okay. It's cool. But let's, we screw everything up nowadays. Everything. So in 2024, Mark, going forward next year, we keep in court storming, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Trent? I say yes. All right. Now, ideally, you know, ideally, I want to keep them, yet I, there is a big part of me that's like, you know, hey, the players don't belong in the stands and fans don't belong on the court. But then again, it's not during the game. 
So, all right, I'll rationalize it. Or maybe I'll abstain, okay? It's 2-0-1 here on this. So now we're keeping it. Okay, what are we going to do? Because clearly, people are getting run over. I mean, that's clear. Caitlin Clark got run over. Filipowski down from Duke. There are others. But let's face it, a Duke player, the highest profile women's player, that's going to garner the attention. Okay, what do we do? And David, I I, I don't ha- I mean, I don't want to go back on what I just said because I'd like to keep the court stormy. I know you, would. but you can't have the wait until the visiting team leaves the court before you storm. The court storm is organic; it's not a staged event. You, you- I I understand, but for whatever reason, Mark and Trent back us up on this. When Trent was a teenager, okay. The Trents of the world who were storming the court knew not to touch the players. They knew to stay away from the players. They knew to let the players get to the one side of the court where they could do their handshake line, and they stayed away. And for whatever reason, schools, arenas, whatever, were able to get the players to the handshake line and then form a wall where they could do the handshake line and get to their locker rooms and you could have on the other 40 feet of court, everybody going nuts. They stay, they let the players get to the side of court they need to get on. And when they ran onto the court, they made sure not to touch the players unless it was a their team. Then they'd pick them up on their shoulders and what have you. But now, Mark, we're just running over everybody. So what do you do? I mean, if you think there's a different thing, but it's the same. 30 plus years ago, we had a problem in baseball, especially that, you know, thousands of people were running out of the field. Okay. The famous Chris Chambliss, Homer, the Yankees win the pennant in 76 and what have you. He's barreling over people. Reggie damn near, you know, forearm shivered a guy getting to the dugout. Okay, and all of us said, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And the Yankees from that moment on had cops, machine guns on horseback, okay, and basically said, do it at your own risk, and whatever happens to you, good luck. Good luck suing us, okay? And people stopped running out on the field. So I think we bring horses onto the basketball court. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that would add to this court storming would be some horses on the court. But you know what I'm getting at. I know what you're getting at. Force, and I'm just wondering if at some point, here's what I I don't understand why they can't get the players to this. I don't understand why security can't form that wall where you guys can go. You know, have your mosh pit over here, and over here we do the handshake line, and everybody goes to the locker rooms, and everybody's untouched. We did it. For 30 years, how come we can't do it anymore? I I don't have the answer. I really don't, David. I would like to see it stay, but if it went away, I would understand it completely. If, if arenas decide that they're going to use what you just called a show of force and put police up to form walls... But then again, they don't want to have to pay for that much security. No. I mean, that's expensive. And you don't know you're going to win before the game. Correct. 
paying all this money to lose by 25. But, I mean, do we have to, is there a threat? Okay, first off, you know, do you, if you may, if you say court stormings not allowed, in theory, that would stop what 20, 30 percent of the court stormings. People, not all of them, would play by the rules. But, but what penalties do we want to put in place? Do you want to risk forfeiture of the game? I mean, I would like to think that would slow it down. Just so you know, you run out of the court, your team's lost. Now you have to make sure it's not like the guy in the Super Bowl who placed a bet that there'd be a streaker, and then he was the streaker. Yeah. So you're going to take away U of D's win with the one guy that came on the court, and we're going to forfeit that game? <laughs> I am not. That's not a court storming by definition. That's a court wandering. Fair enough. But you know what I'm getting at here. No, what I know exactly what you're getting at. And right. if you want to stop it, and if that's your goal, then the penalty has to be extremely harsh. And fines don't work. Well, clearly, because the people running out on the court aren't paying them. So what do you threaten the students with? I mean, seriously, do you want to threaten them with what? Uh, suspension? Kick, throwing them out of school? You tell me. And by the way, you want to keep the court storming. So threatening them with, you know... No, but I mean, you're, if you're asking me ways to deter it, forfeiture, arrest, I mean, you threaten someone for getting arrested, I would think that that would weigh large on an 18 to 20-year-old before they storm the court. Even though, obviously, if 300 people run out of the court, how many of them are going to get arrested? Eight. But it might stop a bunch of people from doing it. I just, will you just allow Filipowski to walk to the sideline, please? I mean, come on. Ugh. I don't know what the answer is. I want, But the penalties it. have to be really harsh if you want to get rid of it. Well, I don't want to get rid of it. I would like to, you know, have my cake and eat it too here. But, I mean, I want to say to the students, you guys are ruining this. We're like one step away from getting rid of this. And it's your fault. We did this for two generations. How come you guys can't do this? What's your problem? Starting fives next. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour. Mike Arruzzioni at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Shelby Mass, two hours from now, who's in, who's out, how many teams, from what conferences. It's bracketology, baby. Selection Sunday, 20 days away. All right, do we have a poll question? We were going to go a certain way. I proposed a poll question last night. That has seemingly been discarded because we've got something better. It's just very simple. Is it time to ban court storming? Yes or no? Jay Billis wants it banned. It's tough to argue with his logic. Fans don't belong on the court. Players don't belong in the stands. That's tough to argue with. Kind of agree with it, to be honest with you. Yet I'd like to keep the court storming. It it keeps college all college. It's, you know. But I don't know if we can. We're screwing up a good thing. 
That Mark Miller, the David Moulton, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. So for the record, you two are you want to keep it. Right? I do. It's been a weird thing this season where I think it's I don't want to say getting blown out of proportion, but there's been a couple of bad instances this season particularly. Historically, it's not this big of an issue. Well, true. Historically, it's happened, but, I mean, there have been people that were hurt. There was actually a college player. There was a high school player. His team won, okay? He got knocked down so hard by his fans, he suffered a seizure and is partially paralyzed. I mean, this has happened. It's just this year, it's happened to the most high-profile women's player, Caitlin Clark, who got run over. And now it happened to a guy playing for Duke on national television, and they're ranked in the top 10. And their coach came out within six minutes and sat down at the podium and said, we got to ban this once and for all. And the Wake Forest head coach didn't disagree with them. I mean, he, he didn't agree with them, but he did say, I can tell you the players don't feel safe out there. Yeah, and Matt Painter was one of the first on this yeah. weeks ago. Painter's been pounding the table about this, and he pounded it before Caitlin Clark got run over. Yep. So, yes or no? And I and put it, no. I, I, I put no because I still like the fact that it, there's something special about collegiate sports. College basketball, it's one of the few places where I think that that separates that sport from so many others. But I'm not as strong of a no as I used to be, if you know what I mean. Fair enough. So that Mark Miller, the David Moulton, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. It is time for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller and Moulton. Here's number one. Well, as we mentioned, Selection Sunday in 20 days, so the regular season winding down. Big Sunday of hoops as well. Why in the world was South Florida an underdog at home? They're in first place in the American. SMU's in fourth. South Florida had won 12 in a row. What were we missing? So needless to say, we bet the Bulls hard, and they beat SMU 79-68. And with FAU losing at Memphis... South Florida's clinched a tie for first at worst in the American. They're going to go into that conference tournament as the one seed. Man, how about that AD? Think that AD is going to ask for a raise? It's going to go before the people he answers to and goes, um, have you seen the football and men's basketball coaches I've hired? I don't know. I'd like a few more shekels. Purdue, they won. They didn't cover. Come on. Ranked team on the road. No, they're not going to cover. 84-76. Creighton on the road at St. John's. Taking candy from a baby. St. John's, of course they beat Creighton. 80-66. How in the world would either one of you two like to explain to me how Michigan State could lose at home to Ohio State? You mean when they had a 10-point lead in the second half? And Ohio State's terrible on the road. Hell, they don't even have a coach. How long... Was the winning streak of Michigan State over the Buckeyes? Uh, I don't know, but Ohio State had a 17-game road losing oh, streak. Oh, 17-game road yeah. losing streak. Yeah, not anymore. No. No, they hit a three at the buzzer. Beat Sparty 60-57. Uh, Marquette rolled. Uh, Nebraska won their 20th game of the year. 
Nebraska doesn't win 20 games a year in basketball very often. Good for the Cornhuskers. They beat the Gophers by 18. South Carolina on the women's side is 27-0. They beat Kentucky by 48. No big deal or anything. 48. Uh, Six seed NC State. Number seven, USC. Number nine, Oregon State. Number 10, K-State. All lost on the women's side. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Stanford won. Number four, Iowa. Caitlin Clark had a decent day at the office against Illinois. 24 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. They won by 16. Miami won. Florida, FAU, South Florida all lost in women's hoops. And over the weekend, Mississippi Valley State kept perfection alive. They're 0-27. They lost at home to Texas Southern by 21. They have one more home game left, and I think two road games, and then I think that's it. Then conference tournament. Can they do it? Can they put the donut on the board? Uh, don't you? At this point, they, they got to get a win, right? Come on, they just please. No, you got to have empathy for those guys. I'm David, David doesn't. <laughs> I don't know if you're listening. You, you're starting to. Well, I'm, I'm going to play that back for you during the break, and listen, listen to your empathy for Mississippi Valley State. I'm starting to only because we've won a lot of money betting against them. I, I'm just wondering if we should donate to the cause. No. Uh, NBA, Friday night, the Heat and the Pelicans, uh, they literally fought. Uh, there was a bit of a melee, shall we say. Five players suspended. Jimmy Butler and Nikola, is it Jovich? Yeah, okay. Nikola, Nikola Jovich, yes. Jovich, my bad. They each got a game, okay, for the Heat. Najee Marshall for the Pelicans also got a game. But uh, Jose Alvarado for New Orleans and Thomas Bryant for the Heat, they both got three games. Not only did they come off the bench, which you're not allowed to do, they came off the bench and fought. Got to admit, I kind of like that. Uh, Anyway, uh, so Trey Young had to have surgery on the pinky finger on his left hand. He's going to miss a month. And the Hawks immediately went out and beat the Magic by 17 without him. I'm just throwing this out there. If they do decently without Trey Young, do you think this leads to Atlanta trading Trey Young in yes. the offseason? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, Giannis with 30. Doc Rivers and the Bucks are 2-0 and coming out of the All-Star break. They beat the Sixers in Philly, 119-98. Uh, LeBron scored 28, but Phoenix is currently the sixth seed in the West. They beat the Lakers by 10. Uh, this Jokic guy is pretty good. All right, 32, 16, and 16. I don't know what Draymond's going to say now, but whatever it is, shut up. Because you were guarding them. 32, 16, and 16. Denver went into Golden State and beat the hot Warriors. 119, 103. Kind of like what you guys are doing is cute. You used to be the big boys. Now we're the big boys. Uh, Tonight, by the way, the Heat are in Sacramento. NHL. Mark. Right when the lightning get to the precipice, they go, you do know where the lightning, right? Kucherov with a four-point game. Big game, two against the Devils. Devils, one of three teams trying to chase him down for that final playoff spot. And Tampa Bay said, yeah, please, we've got a Vasilevsky, a headman, a Kucherov. Are you serious? 4-1 lightning over the Devils. Columbus snapped the Rangers' 10-game winning streak 4-2. Uh, the Steelers beat the Eagles 7-6. A goal line stand won it. Uh, Crosby with a goal and three assists for the Penguins in the 
7-6 win over the Flyers. Uh, how about your guys' wings? Comfortably in playoff position right now. Yeah, and give it up for the fans in Chicago. That was pretty cool. Patrick Kane coming back home in the TV timeout. They put a video montage up of Kane. Big standing ovation that lasted the entire commercial break. Very cool. Big emotional night in Chicago. They retired Chelios' number yep. seven. Kane returning to Chicago as a Red Wing. And then who scores the game winner? Patrick Kane. Showtime. Buffalo 3-2 over Carolina in a shootout. NASCAR might have been the best finish of the weekend. And that includes buzzer beaters, Kane, okay, going top shelf for the win. But NASCAR was three wide for the final couple laps in Atlanta. Daniel Suarez edged Ryan Blaney and Kyle Busch for the win. Three wide. They were separated by like a foot at the wire. It was really cool. It was. And the announcer, I think, got it wrong. Thought Blaney won it initially. And it was Suarez that won it. Ross Chastain finished seventh. In golf, uh, third rookie to win on the PGA Tour this year. Because they're winning all the events that the top guys aren't playing in. Jake Knapp is his name. He won the Mexico Open by two. Won a million and a half bucks and an invite to the Masters. That's Jake Knapp, everybody. Jake Knapp. Jake Knapp. K-N-A-P-P. There'll be a quiz at the end. LPGA, they're in Thailand. They're playing a series of tournaments. Thailand, China, Korea. Uh, The hometown hero, Patty Tavitanikit. She hadn't won in three years. She's now won in back-to-back weeks. And uh, she won the Thailand Open, which I'm imagine being from Thailand's got to be pretty damn cool. Uh, she birdied 18 to win. And uh, you could argue biggest news over the weekend, NFL salary cap. They thought it was going up like $18 million. Yeah, it went up nearly 31 Cap's now 255 and change. Now, most teams are still going to release who they thought they were going to release, but there were like eight teams that went from having to cut guys to like, no, we're good. We don't have to cut anybody if we don't want. So at 11 minutes before the hour, that was. That was the starting five every weekday morning at this time on Miller and Moulton. That was a quick one, David. I'm sorry, what? That was a quick one. Yeah, well, you know, just fast moving. You know, if I had done the whole weekend, two and a half days worth, I'd still be talking. Do want to say, though, the the Dolphins, you know, they were 50 plus million over the cap. So even though they got an extra like 12 million, they still had to cut uh, Xavier Howard and Emmanuel Ogba. They're going to save about $37 million this year. I think Howard's going to technically have to be a June 1st cut because if they cut him immediately, they're only saving like $2.5 million this year. Now, it means that they eat all of it in 2024 and they don't push any of the can down the road. But if they wait till after June 1st, they save a ton of money this year and they're kicking the can where he counts so much this year and a decent amount next year. 
So I think he's going to be a June 1st cut. And the bad news about that, Mark, is that the money doesn't free up until you technically cut him. Well, and for X, it doesn't give him the opportunity to be one of the early signings in the free agent period as well. That's be one of the late guys, Scott. I mean, he'll be someone the teams will want. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the teams could kind of put the deal in the drawer. Right. Okay. And, and then everybody goes about their business for two months. And then miraculously, he's cut on June 1st and he signs on June 2nd. Wow. How'd that happen? But anyway, looks as if X and Agba are see ya. And the Bengals announced that, uh, yeah, we're tagging uh, T. Higgins. They announced that before the found out they had about 12 extra million to play with. And the latest reports are that Mike Evans wants to retire a Tampa Bay Buck, and apparently they wouldn't mind that happening either. Well, okay. <laughs> I will I mean, say if that's the case, Roy Cummings has been spot on with this yes. since before the trade deadline. We've talked to Roy about Mike Evans a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But they quite literally will need to put their money where their mouth is. Well, but now they have about 12 extra million to play with. So, in theory, they can pay the guy. Pay so, what, the so what do you think they're going to offer him? Money. Uh, I think 20 a year. I, I think they're going to say to him, listen, we know you could get 23 a year. We know you get three for 70 out there. How about three for 60? Florida taxes, you stay here, give us a little bit of money. we got to sign Baker. Still have to improve the team. What do you say? Mark? I think that makes sense. I don't. I mean, if he if he wants to retire there, he's basically saying, "I'll give you a discount." So if he retires in Tampa, is he the greatest Buccaneer of all time? Ooh, great he, give, he gives you another three years of this production, or Boy, similar. Best offensive, pl- best offensive player. I I think you could argue. I think you can argue that now. But man. There's some hombres on the defense that you're putting say, them up against. I, I I can't do that. I I don't know. For as much as I love Derek Brooks, I, Warren Sapp was a bad man. <laughs> I, 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 I know Brooks is probably thought of as the greatest Buccaneer ever, and goodness knows off the field and on, if you, the whole package he is, but on the field, I don't know. You, you give me – you give me 99. I think I start 99 or 55. You got to start with one. Who are you choosing? Oh, 99. 99. Yeah, I think I'm starting with 99. Mike Evans, though, 10 years, Super Bowl champ, one team. Oh, yeah. No. Jersey's going to get retired. He's going up there on the Ray J. No question. <laughs> Warren Sapp was bad, man. Miller and Moulton.